The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there... Keep going, because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. I will want to welcome everyone to the first ever live podcast of the Cut To It podcast. I'm Gerard Littlejohn, one of the co-hosts. We've got Backstage Joe, and of course we've got Steve. That's it. That's all I got. Just Steve. Steve. Just Steve. Just, Just Steve. some dude named Steve. No, nah, if you run up on Steve, now you have a bad day. But it's just Steve. Two piece, five piece, nah. some kind of pieces. I need a whole chicken. <laughs> KFC. Whatever, however and wherever you want, finger licking good. So, of course, we want to welcome everybody. Uh, this is the One, is the first time we've ever done this, and two, we oh, definitely want... This is the first time we've ever done a podcast? This is the first time we've ever done a live podcast. Like, I feel out of my natural habitat. Typically, we're in a studio, we're recording. Um, we've never had a studio audience. We've never, like, this is like we're on an episode of Family Matters or something. That's the first sitcom I could What kind of show is that? I've never seen that. Well, it was a black show back in the day. It was always got to go there, man. Every it was time. A, it was a, you walked, he walked right into it. I walked into it. But you didn't know like what one it day was. Would you ever rather me said, like, step by step? Uh, who's the boss? Growing Pains. Say, so, yeah, I watched a little bit of stuff. Tony Danza? Like, yeah, I know who that is. Okay. I know you know yeah. who it is. Punky Brewster? Yeah. Uh, Wonder Years? Fred Savage? Hey, there's Sam a black Wonder Years coming up. Oh, why you got to bring up race? <laughs> Because they saw Wonder Years, it was black folks. I was like, oh, that's yeah, they remaking I was excited that. about it. Hey, they remaking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what we're talking I'm about. I'm telling you, 2021 is, 2021 is our year. Look, we got an audience going. Right, they're they're like, stay away from this one. I want to thank all our sponsors, Diamonds Direct. I uh, want to thank Pinnacle Bank, Tito's, uh, J. Fushi Enterprises. Word. <laughs> um, but before we get oh, going. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's other. Agent 89. Talking about the VIP, this is the VIP event. We, t- we don't thank everybody. But thank you, Agent 89. 
You about to get you looking at me. I didn't know. That's, that's all right. I, we got, I now we got visual evidence. Now they can see what you're There's a police did. officer yeah. in here, I can tell exactly. you that. So, that police and officer cameras. is hired by me. And there's cameras. All these cameras are hired <laughs> by me. That's fine. You know what they say, man. The rich always can wipe it away. Oh, okay. <laughs> so here's your healthy dose of elitism. <laughs> so about wonder years. <laughs> right. Well, no, right. Before we get started, yeah. why are we here today? Of course, the Steve Smith Family Foundation Tea Up for Health event, but tell the folks a little bit. We always start with whenever we're doing this Q&A. Mm-hmm. Tell the folks a little bit about your, your foundation, where it originated from, your, your, your passion for philanthropy. Just, just speak a little bit to that. Well, I mean, as, as the executive director, uh, Gerard Littlejohn, you know, we started um, in a basement. We started in our home offices. Nah, it started way before you even met me. But I'm just saying, in the yeah. home offices, um, <clears throat> just trying to figure out, you know, how we can make an impact in the community in Charlotte. And so it just kind of has started little by little, by little and uh, expanded uh, to the place of now. It's uh, uh, We are um, just making an impact in Charlotte, whether it's an after-school program, uh, after-school enrichment program, mm-hmm. uh, doing the TF for Health for the clinic, uh, and then now uh, soon to be a behavioral health urgent care. So... Uh, just doing all those things here in Charlotte, giving back to a community that's given so much to me during my football season, uh, during my football days. And so now, uh, as in the retirement, trying to imp- make an impact that um, is lasting uh, for the community, but also something that my family can be proud of as well. You speak of family. Where did it originate from? So everyone may or may not be familiar with oh. your story, your, your oh, upbringing, okay. like how, what, what maybe happened in your life to maybe spark your desire to give back the way that you do. Uh, yeah, I guess it sparked. I think, you know, utilizing and understanding uh, where I grew up and how I grew up and understanding that. And so with understanding that, that means uh, a lot of the programs we do are based off of what I've experienced. So uh, in a behavioral health, they call that uh, right now, they call that indigent, which is the uninsured. Um, and I was uninsured, and so I understand that. Um, Section 8, uh, government assistance, I experienced all that. So understanding that and really building uh, our programs around the need of what um, I experienced, what you've experienced as well. And so with that being said, um, we, we already know the system. We know what the system presents. The system was originally presented, Section 8, government assistance was presented uh, to a community to help to extend a helping hand, to lift them up. Uh, it was not intended for people to be on government assistance for their whole life. However, um, there are some people believe that those types of folks don't want to be off government assistance. They don't want to be um, whatever, it, that, whatever your perspective of that is. But the matter, the, the facts are Government assistance was there for temporary help, but now that it is considered permanent help, no one's really asking why is it considered permanent help. It's because there's such a huge gap and there's such a huge need, and there aren't re- there lack of resources. There aren't resources there. Um, there are is a, there is a gap in certain communities and certain school systems that there's a reason why you know people only feel that, and it's not about race. It's people feel like, well, I'm only going to be a guy or girl that can have an hourly wage job because sometimes that's all they see or that's how they're taught 
or they have so many deficits education-wise that they don't feel like they can get out of the hole. And so I think with all that being said, as we try to do, like our enrichment program, we try to help academically, but also socially, mm -hmm. um, emotionally, helping those people understand and figure out why they're there. So if you grow up and experience something that's traumatic, you just become an adult that experienced something traumatic. With, with complex trauma. And it has never been addressed. Yep. So you grow up being a football player that experienced not my dad watching my mom get beat up at, and yelled and, and talked down to by her husband, <clears throat> 13 years old. Didn't know how to address that. Didn't know who to talk to. Get up in the morning and go to school. I'm not telling that to my friends. I'm not going through that. So didn't know how to handle that. Didn't figure it out. Didn't understand how to get through the muck and the mire, the messiness of that. Yeah. And so, um, and that happened a few times to the point of where I just held it in. Mm -hmm. And it impacted me to the point of where now I'm an adult, you know, and, and I just see it. And it, it's hard to get out of my mind. Yeah. It's hard to, at times, when I'm, you know, when I close my eyes, I can almost replay it as if it was yesterday. Mm. But the blessing is, I have, you know, I have the resources to give, get counseling, got that sorted out. But there are times where I still sometimes close my eyes and I just, I wake up because yeah. I can still see it. Yeah, it's, it's never, it's never an end all, right? No. Like it's a constant, it's a constant journey because yeah. I can even speak to it as well. You, you, you referenced a little bit, but uh, even my upbringing, right? There's, there's trauma. There is things that you see that maybe your parents went through. There's things that you see that maybe you witnessed to, to your point. You've got poverty. You've got, um, you've got different neighborhoods. You've got violence. You've got all these different things that a lot of kids probably shouldn't be exposed to some of the stuff that you are, but it is then you're an adult and you're now left carrying the bags of whether it's the things that you've seen or whether it's the stuff that you've seen happen to your parents or within your family. And you bring that with you as an adult into your marriage, into your job, into your career, into your sports, like whatever it is that you do, you take that with you. And yeah. so it is very, very, very tough to navigate. And, and I think it's really been good because even for the three of us, um, we're not just hosts on a podcast. Like, we're really friends. And so we have these conversations. We have a lot of common threads, whether it's parents and upbringings, that we all um, are lucky enough that we have someone to talk to. But now with Steve talking about with the foundation, we're able to provide those resources to other people in the community who, who may not have them. Yeah. When we're out and about in, in the community, like we said, we hang out a lot. And, you know, people always come up to us and they're like, oh, I'm glad to see you. You're back, Steve. It's kind of funny because he's always been here. What a lot of folks don't know in this community is all the good work that his foundation, his family has done that I've, lucky, I've been lucky to be a part of, and so is Gerard. And Steve kind of said it in his normal, under the radar, doesn't want to bring attention to himself because that's truly who he is. But what the Steve Smith Family Foundation has done for years is we've served youth, we've served the underprivileged, um, we have the luxury upcoming, and you're going to hear more and more about this over the next couple of weeks, and he kind of said it real fast. It's a BHUC, which don't Google it, I'll tell you. It's called the Behavioral, he Behavioral Health Urgent Care. 
Today in Charlotte, North Carolina, if someone wigs out, goes crazy, needs some assistance, they got two choices. They go to jail or they have to tra travel them to Raleigh because that's the closest facility to be able to take care of somebody. So the county, because of what Steve's done, um, they've come to our foundation and we've been busting our you-know-whats for the past four, five, six months. We didn't know acronyms. We didn't know anything. We were sitting in these meetings early on, like, shaking our head. And then, like I said, laughingly, we would have to Google something. But what we're doing is we're providing a 24-7, 365 mental health facility to take care of folks that are in need. And we all know somebody. I see everybody looking up here right now. Everybody's going in their mind. It's a friend. It's a family member. It's that guy on the street corner. So we're actually building a facility here in Charlotte, North Carolina to take care of these folks, to give them an opportunity to grow, to get out of the systemic stuff they've been through their whole entire life. So um, that's what Steve Smith Family Foundation is all about. We've always known it's been about that. Um, we're going to be on a larger stage now, so I want to thank everybody for being here and helping us out. Um, so we really appreciate that. That's what your dollars and what your volunteership and everything else is going towards. So, like I said, hats off to you for getting us involved in this stuff. Well, it's, it's, it's been a long process. There's been a lot of names but faceless folks that have contributed a lot of their time away from their family uh, traveling to make this happen. And so it's, it's, it's been a long process. It's been encouraging. Uh, it's been frustrating, but it's also um, now we're at the end of the negotiation process, and now we start with the fun stuff. So it's been cool. I love Cut To It, and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cuttoitpodcast.com. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough. But these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? 
These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. We got uh, we got a short round and uh, <laughs> and Stewie here, so we're gonna get into like a live podcast. And uh, so short round is uh, Mike Tober and uh, Jonathan Stewart, uh, good friends of mine. Uh, Come on up. And so uh, we're we just going to do a little podcast. And appreciate it. Welcome to Cut To It. Is that, is that the intro you wanted from, from Smitty? <laughs> Man, so definitely want to welcome in Jonathan Stewart and Mike Tober. Jonathan, native of Washington, attended Oregon University, 10 seasons with the Carolina Panthers, one with the New York Giants. He's the Panthers franchise leader in career rushing attempts and rushing yards. And, of course, we got Mike Tobert, a native of Carrollton, Georgia. That where you from? What part of Georgia are you from? Born, I was born in Carrollton. I'm well, not we, from Carrollton. Oh, we get into that. We get into that. We get into that. We get into that. Listen, it's on. Right, I ain't know I was born there. I was just saying. Get your Wikipedia up there. What's wrong with Carrollton? I don't control Google. You can edit it. You can. What's wrong with Carrollton, though? Wikipedia, it says edit. You can edit it. Carrollton has like three stoplights. Uh, so, so you're so you, so you embarrassed by that? No, I'm not. I'm just not so where are you from? I'm from Douglasville. Huh? We got like seven stoplights. Oh, <laughs> don't disrespect. And cut. <laughs> I know how that be when they try to disrespect you. <laughs> right, don't disrespect me. Right, don't disrespect me. You don't know where G from? You don't know where G from? Lexington. Have you ever heard? Don't do it. Yeah, yeah, I got Vegas. Have you ever heard of Lexington being Lex Vegas? No. <laughs> Why you got a smart like that, Stewie? <laughs> right, like you, like Vegas you from some boom like, Oh my God, we finally got a light, light, <laughs> light, light. Like I know you from the West Coast, but it ain't like you exactly from like, you know. I'm from Olympia, and Olympia, Washington is the capital. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Uh-huh. Where he tried to put me in my place. Actually, I was born. Yeah, I was actually, in my place. I, was, I, was, I was born <laughs> Fort Lewis, Washington, which is a military base. Tell okay. Preach. You know so that's you know, once again, it's known. Uh, it's Actually, not it's just five people up here, and four didn't know it. Ah, no. oh, man, well, now you know. We're going to let you rock, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Toba, where are you from? I'm from the place the, you call your hometown. I'm from Douglasville, Georgia. Oh, okay. about 15 minutes west of Atlanta. We, we didn't ask. No, you, you asked. I'm going to tell I you. I said, everything. where are you from? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. All right. <laughs> okay. So. A Town, stay down. You know it. You want to you want to you want to do the get iced up? You want to get yeah, the iced up? Yeah, y'all want to get right, iced so up? This oh, part of our oh. podcast where we just ask random icebreaker questions. Like, super like I don't know. He just brought up the sheet. We <laughs> haven't talked about this. <laughs> like, we ain't have no pre-production right. meeting. None of that stuff. So yeah, he get. I do. I, yeah, yeah. So, so let him. So yeah, just he, one one he question, got, question he got his per question. We both right asking now. all the questions. Whose podcast is this? I'm just I'm asking questions. No, just these. All right. You guys, you can answer if you choose to. If you can buy any type of food. What would you buy? 
any type of food. I'm, yeah, that was look at me. Question. <laughs> that was you call question. me short round for a reason. I'm like, <laughs> nah, I'm going to buy anything, though. You, you, you eat anything? One thing you don't know about Tober is he's not a sweets guy. No. Really? Yeah, he no. don't eat sweets. My, 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 my meat come from meat and potatoes. Oh, 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 oh. Another one like that and you're out of here. That's one. All right, no more. And we're friends. I ref- We're not going to edit that out, Brian, but don't do that again. <laughs> All right, I got you. Okay. Oh, if I go on your web browser, your history, what will I find, Stewie? Uh, today you would find... Uh, top golf. <laughs> I was trying to figure <laughs> out that. Sur- that does not surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> the fastest way possible. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, Stewie really did that. Yeah, because yeah. Stewie's also he he is lightweight, lazy sometimes. Hey man, that was the answer's right there. Yeah. He'll be like, hey, man, what time I got to be there? You can't tell him early because he will forget, <laughs> and he will take a nap before oh, he he's supposed to ask you. And then oversleep. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, I don't really get to take that many naps, you know, so uh, things have changed a little bit. Yeah. I'm more responsible. <laughs> so what would, uh, how would you characterize your just football career? My football career? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, trials. What do you um, mean? You know, just injuries, um, but just staying the course. Um and making it last. So, what, what, can I? I just want to jump in real quick. Why, why would you characterize those two things first? Like even just in your intro, you do franchise leader in rushing attempts, rushing yards. You went straight to injuries. Yeah, because I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's one of the things that knock you out, mm. and that's what I'm you know grateful for and blessed you know to. I mean, Smitty, you know, introduced me to his guy that prolonged that made my career last longer than what it should have. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So when I think Dr. Ness. Marshall, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what you got. And, but when I think about football now, I'm just, I just think of, you know, just the, the gratefulness to be able to walk away mm. from the game. Yeah. But also looking back, you know, I played 11 seasons. Um, and I'm just, just grateful, you know what I'm saying, more than anything. So that's the first thing that comes to mind is the things that I've come over, the, you know, the adversity. I think you look at a person's career, you're more satisfied with the bounce back stories. You're more satisfied with what that person had to endure. You're more satisfied with True. all those things because that's how you can connect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, Smitty's got stories for days for adversity of how he's bounced back. Tober's got stories for days for how he's bounced back, and I've been able to watch these guys along their side, you know, through their you know parts of the career, and that's what's inspirational, you know, what I'm saying within the locker room. But uh, so that's why. So, so what when you have bounce backs and you have injuries, what is that internal motivation that makes you come back from that? Like, what's your drive to to come back from that? That's a great question. We should have you on more often. <laughs> Done this <laughs> once or twice. Thank you. I mean, ultimately, it's you know. For me, it's your why, right? And I believe your why changes, you know, through different seasons of life. Absolutely. Um, and But the ultimate why stands tall and first at the end of the day, which is my why is I have a platform given by God to, to do something bigger than myself. So once you get out of your own way, 
that's when you can go through those things with the right attitude, with the, you know, with the, the mindset of I need help. I need people like my teammates or family members or coaching, um, whatever it is to get you to that next phase. Um, and I mean, you know, there's, there's right, you know, towards the end of my career, you know, I, I got married and had a, my first baby girl and, you know, that became my why. Um, and we have another baby girl, uh, Nora, she's eight months. She's part of that why now. Mm. Nothing else matters. So. Tobo, what about you? What's, the, what's those internal motivators for you? Um, just always been an underdog. You know, I was always short and fat and not considered the biggest or the strongest or the fastest. So I, I like to pride myself on being a lucky worker. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was lucky because I didn't have to go through the major injuries that y'all went through. But I worked my tail off, you know what I'm saying? I, I worked hard to, you know what I'm saying, not only keep my weight down, but, you know, make sure that the person that was 6'4", 250 across from me, he knew I was who I was. You know, he had the game plan for me, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I prided myself on um, making – I prided myself on sacrifice, you know, when I played. Um, sacrificing, you know what I'm saying, my mind and my body – to make sure that this guy went to the Pro Bowl, you know what I'm saying, to make sure that you, on those end of rounds, that you, you know what I'm saying, that linebacker was cut down and that defense end was cut down, stuff like that. <laughs> so, you know, I just, I, I like sacrificing, you know what I'm saying, my body. I mean, that was my position, so it was I was signed to sacrifice. So, Let's talk about football a little bit because, listen, we're not going to have too many ex-teammates that I actually trust on my podcast that will tell, like, the real story. <laughs> This is the first time I've ever seen you segue into the, your own storytelling. Like, well, typically, just, he always dance around. He dances around now. Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines. So what was it like to be at practice with me? Uh-oh. In a good way, because oh, okay. oh, okay. no, okay. Yeah, no, I was about to say no, you gotta no, make no, sure no, you no, say no, that. Not say in a good way. In an First of all, I can way. say whatever the hell I want to. <laughs> right, he's trying, he's trying and to. I, and I'll make sure that. Brian edits it out the <laughs> way I want it to. Um, well, I, I was gonna say I was gonna say the good way because a lot of people always just go to oh Steve was aggressive blah 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 and, and not that's why that's why I said well I think one thing that. Not only playing with you, but like being a friend off the field, like you gonna get what you gonna get out of you. You know what I'm saying? So when you come Which in, is. everything. <laughs> like so, when you come in in the morning, and um, you know what kind of day it's gonna be. Like when you see the expression on his face, if he if he high five and short round, what's up, man? This and that at seven o'clock in the morning, we'll have a good day. But if he come in mugging, book bag, you know him to have his book bag over his shoulder. If it's hanging on the floor. One of them cornerbacks is probably going to get fought in practice. <laughs> hey, Mike, Mike, don't feel bad. It's podcasts, and I mean, we read the room, too. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's just how it, like, you, you, you feel the, the tension, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, good or bad. But, I mean, it's, it's a lot of stories that we can get into. We got, you know, and I only played with you for two years. but We're we yeah, here for, we here for a minute, time. so um, take the time. <laughs> but I, I got a few. So. Let them rip. Yeah, that's spot on because – I usually have the same kind of demeanor. I'm either very 
mild or low. <laughs> like as far as in the mornings, like Torah be like, oh, okay. ah, here you go. He he on that day. His, yeah, feet, up, his yeah. feet hurt him or something. Right. Leave him alone. I've, I've seen those things. Let's leave him alone. Let's leave Stewie alone. Don't like, talk to him. They hurt him. Oh, the best, though, this is when you know it's bad. He would come in and be like, yeah, Steve, I feel like you today. <laughs> like, what's wow. that supposed to mean? Yeah, that hurt. That ain't a compliment. <laughs> oh, but he's still savage. But the thing that would get me about Steve is you could think one thing about him, but you could be wrong. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, Steve's on one today. He might, he might, I don't know, might cut somebody out. I mean, you can say it ain't gonna hurt my feelings. He'll walk, he'll walk by me. (laughs) He'll be like, and I'll eat a, I'll be eating a donut Friday mornings or Saturday mornings, whatever those mornings. I'll be having the last bite. Boom! Out your hand. <laughs> I got my hand. I'm like, whoa! So you on that today? So you playing today? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, so ultimately you get everything. But certain guys Steve. though always play with. Right. Yeah. And we have fun. There's right. other guys. There's guys that, with you. Yeah. There's right. guys that all that that ultimately you know if Steve's messing with you or not, and those guys. You shouldn't. You don't talk to them. You don't mess with them. You're not. You're just not there. Um, but the main thing that I appreciate about a Steve about Steve is locker room and a lot of guys. And our locker room was different than a lot of people's locker rooms. But you're not just gonna get football. Yeah. You're gonna get life. Right. You're gonna get life lessons. You're gonna get like your finances. You're gonna get marriage. You're gonna get kids. All that. And one of the very first things that um, Smitty had told me, I was kind of like hanging with, I was with Jeff Ota. And <laughs> um, and I just kind of overheard a conversation. And, you know, Smitty's talking, you know, about spending habits. Like, don't be over there buying jewelry and all these cars and all this stuff. And if people ask you for things... Tell them no. You don't owe anyone anything except your wife and kids. And I remember hearing that. I don't know if you remember telling him that. I remember. He was talking about how after the season he was going to buy a Rolls Royce. Yeah. And he was like, no, don't do it. And then, he, and then Jeff was fighting him on it. Like, it was like they was arguing. He was arguing with Steve about advice Steve was giving him. So he was he was, he was defending his potential purchase. Yes. <laughs> he was going to roll in it either way. He was rolling in it. You know, when I go back, I'm like, where is Jeff Ota right now? I bet he glad he didn't buy that rule. Maybe he parking it. But you know what, though? You get it, like, you get the off-the-field stuff like that with Jeff, but you also get the on-the-field stuff, too, which is Uh-oh. which is fun. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember um, my first year playing with you here. It was 2012. And you come in the locker room joking, short round, what's up, man? You doing all right, baby? Tell Shanette. I said, what's up? All right, cool. We soon we walking out to practice together, and you go, I'm going to make everybody better today. And I'm like, what, what do you mean by that? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> He already one of the best in the game. Like, we all got to step it up. So he out there. I'm talking about warm-ups, hitting the hard, running, running, running routes. I'm talking about every route was like, bomb, bomb. Every route was pristine. You know what I'm saying? We running plays back-to-back, and we go into 7-on-7. He was like, this is when I'm going to do it. And I'm like, 
Do what? Do what? What is he talking about? Every time the ball came to him, he looked at it. Ooh, I remember that. You remember that? Yeah. He looked at the ball. One ball came right to his face mask, knocked it down. I'm like, what is he doing? He was like, he's going to have to learn to be accurate. And I was like, whoa. Made sense. Mm-hmm. Made complete sense. But you was an asshole doing it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the time, you, I thought you was an asshole, but I, I get it now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you remember that, right? Out routes, the comeback. I mean, route. he looked at every ball go right. I mean, he was five or six yards open on every play. And he just looked at the ball fly out of bounds. He knocked the pass down himself. Bro, it went to his, like, if he didn't put his hands up, it was going to stick in his face mask like Little Giants. I'm talking, it was that it was high hands. It was on the point, and he just so, knocked so it down. In, in going through stuff like that, and you know we all laugh about it, but deep down inside, I believe we all know he was doing it to make everybody better. It wasn't antagonistic. It wasn't trying to. I mean, comp- some of it was, but some of it. <laughs> My fault. Some of it was, but what what the detail of what he's missing is. So in my 2012, so I'm 30, 30 years old right. at some point, right? Running an 18-yard comeback, 30 years old, 18-yard, stop on a dime, coming back, and the ball is – I'm come, running a comeback, and the ball hasn't been thrown yet. If we're in the game, by the time the ball comes, that means if I'm coming back, that means the guy that's covering me coming is coming back. Right. So that means timing is off, yeah. right? And, and analyzing and talking about it in ball – Right, if I put in ball is for a football for a quarterback that get paid seventy five million dollars, you must be confirming what you see in the defense, not discovering. So if you are discovering what's going on and I'm running eighteen yard comeback and you're just throwing it after I've run eighteen yards come back and the guy is covering me and you're just discovering it and you're throwing it, that means you are late. If you are late and I'm on time, that's a pick. So if that's a pick, I am paid to catch, not tackle. <laughs> Is that fair? That's absolutely fair. Makes perfect sense. So I'm trying to figure out well, what's my job description. What'd you say? I got you. Okay. Catch. I, I, you still was an asshole, but I get it. <laughs> so I, I, under, I understand. I asked. That. I asked an improper question. My fault. No. But what I was trying to leave. No, no. I, I I say that just because sometimes there are things that people don't understand, like in nuances of football, like in practice and game. Mm-hmm. If you do it in practice, you're gonna do it in the game. You're gonna do it in the game. Yeah. If you don't do it in practice, it ain't no damn way you're gonna do it in the game either. And so right. just trying to figure that part out, and that's why the old Iverson thing is, is, is you know, we're talking about practice. For me, I looked at practice. Was practice is where I, where I would try it out, figure it out. Game was deja vu. Mm. Yep. I've already done it. Wow. So when I'm doing it again, we supposedly we've worked out all the kinks. Right. Right? Like you guys were running backs. Y'all had another running back in there, D'Angelo. And if D'Angelo bothered me that week or he said something sideways, what I used to tell y'all. <laughs> Remember? Hey, y'all better get your boy. <laughs> because if not, if not, we used to always have that safety. Our uh, Masco, our linebacker's coach, our lineman, our line coach, or line coach, he would draw up the plays and would say, all right, if we run into the left, we don't have to account for the safety. Why? 
receiver. Wide receiver. Yeah. Who was that wide receiver? You. <laughs> so if you tiptoe and, and if a dude tiptoe, what I used to do in the game? If you go, oh, that's yours. Yeah. If you gonna tiptoe through the hole, I ain't barking that safe. You better run through that. Separating the good from the great. I really appreciate you blocking for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> we go down there, and we'll there be uh, Stewie be sitting there, and he see that safety creep down, and he'd be like, oh, Stewie be looking around. I'd be like, I got him, I got him. I go hit him. Stewie goes, Stewie be like, man, I thought you didn't see him. <laughs> for real, man. Like, but Steve, like you be lifting people out of the air, bro. Like so. Denver, the Denver Broncos. Mm, I think this I was Von Miller. I know the, play. I know the play you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. I caught a swing pass or a flat yeah, pass. I had or a curl. I had a curl. Right. And Von was about to get you, dog. Yeah, boy. Yeah. And you about to tear it. Up, up until. That was and a two was, Like I just remember turning up the sideline. With your yeah. eyes closed, huh? <laughs> you, knew, you, knew, you knew it was coming, huh? I knew he was coming. You knew it was coming. And so, like, it was just one of them, like, you just get there. So that way you just embrace the hit yep. and you stay on your feet because you got the out of bounds. Uh-huh. Man, I heard the contact so loud that I felt it, but it wasn't me. It was yeah, you, you him. Me, man. I was about to get hit. It was Steve hitting Von Miller. All I hear is, ooh. <laughs> like the whole sideline, the whole stadium, and then they throw a flag because it was just so aggressive. And then they picked it up, right? Yeah. I was just saying, I thought it was a legal yeah. hit. It was. I hit yeah. it with my shoulder pad. Yeah. That one in the, in the, the Chad Greenway one stands out as well, too. Who's run the ball on that one? D'Angelo was running the ball. Now, D'Angelo, would, he would use me. <laughs> but I was also like, come this way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I, leading into that, and you said it, both of you guys said it, you know, as you transform through your career, you, what's your why is different things. But as you mature, being able to ask a teammate, a friend for help, because a lot of times we have that pride on our shoulder and I just don't want to ask. And, mm. But you, for you guys to admit asking for help start, started to make you a better player. Was there ever times you talk about missing a block like on an end around? I know my man here would elevate everybody's game because of things like you said. Right. Were there times where it was an end around, he was coming around, you missed that block, you're like, damn, man, he's going to say something to me on that one. Um, not a lot because he didn't like running the end around too much. <laughs> but um, so my my position affects Stu more than his. You know what I'm saying? But I was in the in the game a lot on third downs, and I needed to to protect because we were late a lot, and you know we got to run routes to get open. So that that's kind of how indirectly my my position, you know, blended with his. But I mean, there's there's been plenty of times where um. You know, you got to account for somebody else's responsibilities. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Whether it be picking up an O-line guy that fell in his in his yeah. kick slide or, you know, ball is in the backfield. Or I, or I dropped the ball. Right. Like, it would be times if I dropped the ball, I'd be the first one. Right. Coming I mean, back I, to the huddle and say, man, you know, bro, I, I let y'all down. Mm-hmm. I, I remember my first year, we played the Chargers in uh, San Diego. Or it was still in San Diego at that time. Qualcomm? Yeah. Yeah, we played the Chargers in San Diego. And I'm in – it's like second and like three. And I catch a uh, a wide route. I'm not supposed to be trying to juke nobody or nothing like that. I try to make a move and cornerback trip me up like half a yard, you know, from the um, from the first down. And everybody's like, come on, man, just run through and get the first down. No, nah, I mean we gonna we gonna make it work. You know what I'm saying? We gonna go back next play. Next play, we come up, 
he run a, a short um, short dig route, catch ball first down. He's like, don't worry about it. I got you. I remember that. You know what I'm saying? A little stuff like that. Like, don't worry about it. I got you. You know what I mean? And it's been it's multiple occasions where not just him but other people yep. cover up from other people's mistakes. You know, um, nobody's perfect on the field. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's life. That's business. You know, not just on the football field. It's, For sure. A lot of times you do need help from other folks, man. So even hearing athletes like yourself understanding you're only as good as the guy next to you, with that, that's really cool to hear about. One of the toughest things, uh, I, think, I believe, um, in, in a huddle <clears throat> is I don't think I ever told the, this. Is, um, so we were in Green Bay, and this fool, Stewie, breaks out on a run. But we were in Green Bay and it was cold, so Stewie didn't warm up. <laughs> Smitty, hold on, stop that. Smitty doesn't doesn't warm up ever, and so I mean I wear I, a lot of I, 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 I wear I, a lot of clothes I, I, on game day. I did I warm up, but, I, I, <laughs> yeah. but he's an alien, okay? So, he's an alien, so he doesn't have to warm up. Everyone should warm up. That's the name. That's the name of the story. Continue. So we get give the ball to Stewie. Stewie breaks one. Stewie breaks one, and about it's about a 50, 60-yard touchdown, and about 35 yards in, he starts breaking down. <laughs> and he still got about 30 more yards to go. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And so I have to – I'm speeding up to catch him because I see – I'm like, why is he slowing down? He's about to get walked. Running like me. <laughs> so, do we end up scoring? You end up scoring. Yeah, tra- no, Travell Wharton carried you. No, like, I, I, oh fumb- I got hit yes, from behind and mm-hmm. fumbled into the end zone. And then Travell Wharton was running behind me and jumped on the ball. That's a shame. But hey, it's a big look, man. he was there. <laughs> so, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. His reply. I didn't warm up. <laughs> <laughs> it is a football game, dog. It was cold, bro. How did you not warm up? Skip had me on the sideline for too long. Man, they put him <laughs> back on the sideline <laughs> after that game. I don't think none of us warmed up when we played in Minnesota that year. Oh, man. Yeah, is that Travell Wharton's one and only touchdown? Do we know? That yeah. Stats guy. Where's my stats guy? Yeah. But so, <laughs> but so we fast forward, and that was the catch against Charles Wilson, I believe. So we're in there. Tober's over there uh, rolling people over in uh, San Diego, so he's not even there yet. This was with Coach Fox. And so we're in there, and Jake's the quarterback. Moose in's there, and so we're all in a huddle. And Jeff Otaw was there, Travell Wharton, Jordan Gross, and Ryan Khalil. So one of the things I struggle with is in that in that moment, especially in Coach Fox's offense, about third down. Third down come, and I always used to put my head down. Hey Smitty, we need to play from you. We play Smitty, we need to play from you. And I always used to have my head down because I would hear the play, as he would say to play, I would go all go over it in my head. But one of also the things that I always thought about why I put my head down is I would put my head down and close my eyes sometimes because of the fear that letting the guys down in that huddle. So the uniqueness of that huddle, you got Ryan Khalil, USC, um, 
great, great athletic center. Jeff Otah from Pitt, first round. Travell Wharton from South Carolina, third or second round pick. He was a tackle. They transferred him to guard. And then my guy, Jordan Gross, who I played two years with at Utah and then played uh, pretty much 13 years with in Carolina. So I played, I, I, when I went to Baltimore, that was the first time in my career that my left tackle wasn't Jordan Gross. And so I'm sitting there, and Jake would ask, you know, what you want? Hey, what, what play you want? But the interesting thing about that is I would close my eyes because I did not want to let these guys down because I knew their, I knew their significant others. I knew, I knew their wives. Our kids had birthday, birthdays together. And so one of the toughest things is to manage that pressure, but also look at the look the men in the eye if you messed up that you let them down. And so for me that routine was was imperative because if I had failed, I just didn't fail myself. I failed those guys. The way I look at it is I'm I'm in house I I'm on house uh I'm on house money. But I don't want to mess up you guys' money. So that was one of the toughest things I always struggle with. If you go back and you Google or look at it or even watch old tape, I always have my head down because I was fearful of letting the guys, 10 other guys down in the huddle. That's interesting, man. Cause I think yeah, I was going to say, what's your reaction to that? Like, <laughs> hearing that. I think you, everyone has that, right? But, like, I mean, you explaining that and me actually, like, going back into a huddle, I can see that. I see that. Like, I've seen that before. And you would have never thought that that existed in you. I think most people, when, they, when they're watching football, when they're watching professional athletes, that's probably a thought that never crosses the general person who's watching the game, a fan. That's probably never crossing their mind. They see all the athletic plays you guys make. They see the touchdowns. They see the celebrations. They see overcoming adversity. But I don't think – raise your hand because we have, we have an audience now. This isn't just us. Like, raise your hand if you really think that when you would see a guy like Steve or Jonathan or Mike, that they're in that huddle and they have fear on top of them. Like, is, is that something – but you guys think? See, everyone's shaking their head like, nope, have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, yeah. well, you know, you say fans, but here's a man that stood side by side with him in a huddle. And did you know did that coming know. in here I mean, that, like, that, he, that bothered him like that? I mean, the right thing to say is everyone probably has that. But there's, Just a, cut there's to it. very few that you think that it really – like hits them the way it was just explained. Because mm-hmm. there's been times where I've seen somebody come into the huddle and say, hey, you better run this. You better hope that you better get a first down because if not, <laughs> you better throw the ball to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but like, look, I think it was an Arizona game. Um, Jake called something, and you was, <clears throat> you were mad. I think we were draw, like called the draw play because we ran draws like it was nothing my, <laughs> my rookie year. Yeah. And and we'd be losing running draws. Yeah. And he called something. You can tell he was upset. And then it didn't go well. He came back to the huddle, and he told us to run some play. It was a bubble screen. 
and he came and told us that that's what he wanted to run. So I, you see one of those things where a player at at his stature come into the huddle saying, I want this play because I'm about to score. He, we run the play and he scores. So a 60-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Stiffs arms a guy, spins off another guy, whatever, and goes down the sideline. So you see that. Yeah. And you hear that. In a huddle, and then I hear that. And I'm going to up to the line. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm fucking sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, the, that's what yeah, I'm that's, about, a, that's what yeah. I was about to ask. Like yeah, when you are in that mode, yeah, when you are in, throw me the ball. I want the ball. Give it to me. I, I'm like, which is like because then I put then we say the play. I put my head down. Why did I say that? Why did I say that? Then you go both ways, though. And then I'm going, but then I'm jogging, jogging out, and I'm looking at the defense like, yeah, that wasn't a good, that wasn't a good. (laughs) That was just the parallel I was trying to paint to everything Stewie just said. Like you, you, I don't think most people, of course, watching, but you're in the huddle and you, you don't even see that that dynamic. Exactly. Yeah. We never. I hit it so well. Yeah. Like, I never saw that, you know what I mean? But I think on on a football team, like, coaches and the players, they all breed camaraderie. So we don't yeah. want to let each other down. Right. But to hear somebody say that they didn't want to look at everybody else because yeah. I didn't want to let you down, you know what I'm saying? It, it hits a little different, yeah. you know, but it could be, like I said, that could go both ways because you can be in there with your head down, shaking in your drawers, because you're scared that you're going to let everybody down right. as opposed to going out there and like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm going to go make this yeah. play. Yeah. Well, you know it, what I mean? it would go through that yeah, whole absolutely. process, put my head down, go through my routine, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is a play, and I, okay. And then I walk out, and I go through my routine. Okay, safety's right here, linebacker. Okay, cool. You know, what, the, what release am I going? And so that preparation during the week of watching film, knowing, you know, knowing all of my information that I knew, so, and then before the game, I would literally walk, I would walk or slight jog, I would walk through every single route before the game. And so I technically, I never stretched, but I would walk through it mentally. And then I would just catch, I would catch the footballs and work on my hands and then work on different kind of acrobatic catches in practice to really control and train my eye and hand coordination. And that was the way that I, I would do it. But that's but my confidence wasn't in I was a really good player. My confidence was in my preparation. And that's why if like it was at least once a week when I come to practice, I'm not playing with y'all today. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. 
Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Talk about confidence and knowing everything about the game. You know, I've, my friendship with Steve, he, he gets really jazzed up and gassed up to talk about plays. Like he has every playbook from every team that he's ever played on. And uh, I remember being in Steve's house a handful of times where he gets just giddy talking about it. He knows every position, every play, what the lineman's doing, what the tight end's doing, what the quarterback's doing. He knows everything about that piece. And that goes to your studying. And that goes like to – I still have yeah. our playbook when I was with the Panthers under Coach Rivera. So, that, that whole offense. Like, so – the linemen. Yeah. So when I'm watching television and I hear T.E. stunt or I hear the A-gap or B-gap or double B-gap or the C-gap, right. I go back in that terminology to read it to make sure, not to correct the TV guy, to make sure that I'm hearing it right. So when I do TV, mm-hmm. I'm not just talking out of my butt. Right. Yeah. We so, got any questions in the audience? Yes. Anybody? Yeah. We can play, Steve. Uh, can you come up? Can you come the, on the mic? We got a microphone. We want to make sure we this need your, we, this we is need, Brian. We need your social security number. What's up? I'm Brian. Um, Hi, Brian. What's up, man? Mike. He's Tell been clean for ten years now. <laughs> <That's right. Yep. laughs> Welcome. Tell us about the play against the Rams. I know all of us oh Panthers fans uh, remember where we were watching that. Where uh, were you? Slant. I was in college. What yeah, college? I was at Lenoran playing baseball. Okay. What position? Sitting there with all my buddies, third base. Yeah. So, yeah, we're sitting there Lenore just, Ryan, that was an exciting third, play. Hold on, Lenore Ryan, third base. You were drinking beers, huh? May, may have he had could, a beer he could swing it, there, but yeah. he couldn't run. It, 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 <laughs> that's right. Look at that. It, it, it was our baseball it was our off day, backstage so. gym. <laughs> yeah. But, no, that's one of my favorite plays as a Panthers fan, so just talk us through that I mean, a little it was, bit. It was a play in which everybody knows, you know, just like practice, we were trying to figure it out. Uh, I ran a certain way. Um, I never ran the I never ran the same route, the same way. I always did something different. 
<laughs> so that would frustrate uh, Jake. That would frustrate his offense coordinator. But that was just something that I always did. I never ran the same route the same way. My name is Blake. Hey, Blake. How Blake? are you? I'm, I'm good. Happy to be here. But um, for three of you guys, especially you, with uh, the New Jersey change rule, would you think that you would have ever no. seen yourself move to seven? No. No? I would not. Would you have changed the number? I was 28 since high school, so no. Nah. Right. No, I've always been double digit. Uh, there you go. You look weird. 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 Yeah. Like, I'm glad Baby somebody else said it worse. I'd have put on nine or something. Just, yeah, just, <laughs> they were like, he got around nine, but it looks like a zero. That, that nine ain't going to spread. Hey, like, <laughs> like, agent seven just doesn't hit right. But but the thing is, is so the long, story, the, the long and short version of that is, so um, when I was drafted, I had seven in college, wore seven in junior college, uh, went to a public school, so we had whatever jersey it was that week. We had three. In, I had three and seven in high school, but away I had to wear fifteen because we didn't have a three jersey. No, public school, and and then I wore seven in junior college, and then I wore seven in college. When I got drafted by the the Panthers, uh, I wanted eighty seven. But Musa Muhammad, I think at that time, it was like a second or third Pro Bowl. He didn't want to give it up. And then Carl Hankton, Big Bank, told me, he's like, yeah, go ask him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a setup. <laughs> <laughs> I went and asked Moose. He gave you the okey-doke. Man, Moose, go sit your ass down somewhere. <laughs> and so when I, lo- when I got into the locker room, the one thing I did not want, I was on the, ho- on the whole flight. I was on a, remember Continental? That was my flight, Continental, from Utah to Charlotte. And I was on there, and I was like, I do not want 89. I do not want 89 because 89 was – he had two numbers. Ray Cruz had 83 and 89. I did not want that number. Mm. But they gave me that number. I'm like, damn, they gave me that number. (laughs) So they gave me the number. And even Andrew was like, please do not give him 89. Because it was what it was associated with, right? I, he was from Colorado. He was originally from Cali. He was light-skinned. I'm from Cali. Went to Utah. I'm light-skinned. The similarities, I ju- the similarities, I just did not want any of it. Yeah. So I had in my rookie year, and, and so I had lunch with the team president at the time, which is a, still a good friend, which is Mark Richardson. And I said, bro, like, I do not want this jersey. Why do you give me this jersey? And Mark said, listen. We gave you this jersey is because we know the association to this jersey, but we also gave it to you is because this is the number that we've given guys who aren't just only been here temporarily. So there's a guy, a receiver, that played with George, in San Francisco with George Seifert named Awazake. So they gave it to him. He was gone. They gave it to Diablo Birch. He was gone. And so they gave it to me, and I was like, all right, so after the lunch, I really felt bad. After lunch, he was like, look, if you want to change the number, that's fine. But this is the reason we gave you this number. We gave you this number hoping you will change what this number represents for our organization. Everybody knows what he did. Everybody knows what's going on. That's why we gave it to you. Hopefully, it can be a number that's relative to something good. So stability. So if you want to change it, go ahead and change it. 
Yeah, I was when I got drafted. I had just turned 21, 22 years, 22 years old. So I was very, you know, I was very young. So I was like, I'm sitting in my car after that. I'm like, damn, I can't change it now after that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you know, 22 years old. After they tell you that, you don't, you go. Well, if I change it now, I'm an asshole, right? <laughs> I'm already an asshole, so I don't want to be associated with being one out in the open, right? <laughs> and so after that, I just, and that's why I stuck with it. Wow. And so that's why, you know, and that's why I never would change it is because for me, me changing that number would say that I would be willing to throw away the investment that someone else had in me before I even knew that that's what they were doing. Special. Man, that's yeah. deep. Yeah. So that's why I want. That's that the origin of the origin of eighty nine. Blake's right. a good that's question. The, that's the reason why I wouldn't. I wouldn't change. Like I, I wouldn't do that just because of how and what they, what they, what they did on the reason why. And it was Mark who told me. He was like, Nah, this is why. That's what's up. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't even know that he had eighty nine before. I didn't. Either. He he wore two numbers. He wore yeah. like two or three numbers. But the, like his last game, did he finish with eighty nine? He finished with eighty three. Hey, okay, it was flip flop. Yeah. But his last game before it all went down was eighty nine. Yeah. But he was wearing eighty three and eighty nine. Gotcha. Eighty three and eighty nine. Gotcha. So. One, one more for these guys. Yeah. Hey, buddy. What's going on, Steve? Uh, my name's Adam Lewis. Appreciate you having me on here. Um, so not only are you a all-time receiver, but a definitely um, all-time trash talker. Did you come into the league like that, or was it something you kind of had to learn to stand your ground being in the NFL? That's a great question. This is a, my reply is totally racist, but I'll just be okay with it. <laughs> here's, here's why I'm going to say it's a racist, why my statement is racist. I grew up as a black man. No, it's a shocker. Me too. <laughs> but some of, the people, me too. some of the people in here will know where I'm going with this and why I said this. I grew up, my mom is one of 13. My mom's, my mom had me and my brother, okay? So it's my grandmother, my mom, me, and my kids. There are 65 of us, okay? So can you imagine what the barbecues are like, yeah. and the cards, dominoes, tonk, spades. There is a lot of talking going on. And so I grew up watching old folks play cards, right? Dominoes. Let trees fall on that ass. <laughs> Fifteen. <laughs> Tension. Cause of stress. <laughs> Ten, right? Just all of that stuff. So when I grew up watching and listening to old folks play cards, you aspire to be that. Yeah. But our deal was if you couldn't count, you couldn't play cards. So you had to learn how to count. And if you didn't know how to count, they would talk you off the card table. Yeah. You and so you, I went through that. So by the time I was 12 years old, I'm playing spades. I'm playing dominoes. I am playing cards and playing games with men who have no filter. But you guys are around a redig on that space table and see what happens. Yes, and so that's what I'm saying. So so now, and the reason I said that is I love my wife. We've been married 21 years. My wife is from Utah. They don't play cards like that. (laughs) They ain't dog cussing. 
no 50-year-old kid. It's like, oh, my gosh, don't say that. Get your little stupid ass right. up. You can't count. <laughs> right? Stuff barbershop. like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. The barbershop. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just a different level. And that's why I said it's my the way I said it is racist because that's also where the where your character is built. That a good old-fashioned community that our kids lack now. Right? Get your ass outside and go play. Get from around grown folks. Right? Mama's making, uh, you know, the fry on on Saturdays, you cook and all that stuff, keno, right? right. So it, it, all of that stuff, that's how I grew up. And so for me, when you, man, 15, 16 years old, what I heard on the, in the card table, yeah. as a football player, I'm like, I'm not trash talking. This is playing, this is just what it is. And, and so I'm from a huge family of 65. But we talk, it's some stuff is like, I thought we was family. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's how it really be. And and so it's like great example. And and what I mean by race, there's friends of mine that I know, and you don't put fish on the grill. <laughs> you don't grill. You barbecue. Just little things like that. That when I grew up, that that's how it was. I experienced that ten. At five years old, six years old, ten years old, twelve, fifteen, twenty to now, where now it's like you know I'm at the house we, and it's the family, we playing cards now. We you know my kids were over this Sunday. We was playing nerds. Hilarious. We talking about everything. Nothing is off the table with family talking cards. And so now you add that I can do that against strangers on the football field. <laughs> I got zero regard for your feelings. <laughs> because I, l- I learned it from my grandma. I, I've seen my grandma dog cuss my mama. And I'm just like, re- like it's just coming back <laughs> from, you know. He's pulling it, from the archives. I'm just yep. pulling from the archives. Yeah. So, and, and, and that's why I say it was a racist statement, just more of that was the way I grew up. And it's more of a cultural thing. Right, and I know it's cultural because my wife sometimes she say, "Great example." My mama told my daughter at the time Bailey is twenty years old now. My daughter was eight years old. She went and tattletailed on her big brother. Hey, you wanna know what my mama told my daughter at eight? You ready? Don't be no snitch. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> Mama, she ate. She wasn't lying to her. I mean, but just that statement yeah. at, at for an eight year old, like my mom was like, "You can't tell an eight year old that." And I'm going, "Yes, mom, you can't." DJ, don't be telling. <laughs> right, and, and so that's what I mean, and that's why it's just it was just a different sort of certain set of circumstances back in the day. We all can recite that that we all got that uncle or aunt that when they come to the family reunion or some family function, they the ringleader of trouble. They the ringleader of alcoholic activities. Facts. Right? Or or you got that ringleader of food, but just that family dynamic. Everybody has them. You got, you, got you, got you got that one of steel. Do you know? Do you got an Uncle Peanut? No, I don't. Okay. What about a Luther? You got an Uncle Peanut. Luther? I do know about the barbecue, though. 
<laughs> You're going to them, huh? Yeah, a lot of my dad's Exactly. You be looking forward to those, huh? It's just a cultural thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah. It's a great answer. Yeah. Well, thank you. Jonathan, Mike, man, thank you guys for being up here appreciate with us. Oh, thanks really, for having me, man. We really appreciate yeah, it. Y'all, y'all give it up for Jonathan and Mike. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., that is me, is a production of Cut To It, LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, Social media team, Wesley Robinson and John Show From Balto Creative Media, Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter, with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. 